Here's what's coming up this week on the Charged Up Bowls podcast. Hay fever. It is just delightful. A little bit Marks and Spencers there. Brain scratched by a big stick. Hello and welcome to the Charged Up Bolts podcast. I'm your host, Elliot Bermudez, and this podcast will bring you the weekly Chargers news, we'll answer your questions, and we'll bring you the best draft analysis around. Now, first of all, apologies for not um, releasing our podcast last week. Thank you for the lovely people on Twitter that uh, reached out and asked where we were and why we missed out on last week. Yeah, I uh, I thought I had COVID. I thought I had coronavirus and uh, had to go and have my brain scratched by a big stick by an army man. Uh, it turns out I didn't, um, but I'm back fighting fit and uh, I'm glad that we're back because I'm introducing my co-hosts who have joined me. Um, John, the gaffer, the boss, was junior. Good evening, Bez. Well, uh, I'm happy to be here tonight because I had something worse than COVID earlier on. Hay fever. There's n- Nothing worse than hay fever. Yeah, well, a couple of pirates have sorted that one out, so I'm here fighting fit. Fantastic. And next, the man we call Audible Chocolate, Mr. John Ayres. Hey, how's it going? I'm just happy to be here, happy to be sipping on some Costa Rica's finest coffee. Every time, every day, just a coffee guy. Hashtag Audible Chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, our own Mr. Pink Hair Hollywood, Dan King. Hey, hey, good to have you back, Bez. Yeah, alive, well, not in hospital. So, um, you know, the weather's absolutely roasting here in uh, in England. I've got a barbecue I've just built. I'm not, we're not, unfortunately, we're not yet sponsored, so let's try and get that. I've got a beautiful Weber kettle barbecue, wink, wink, nod, nod. Um, that's happening tomorrow. Lockdown's over, July the 4th, British Independence Day, where we all get released from our houses. I don't have COVID, the podcast's back. And I'm drinking Strongbow Dark Fruits. How, how, what are you on, John, and how are you feeling? I'm, I'm feeling all right, mate. I'm all right. Um, I've had a beer. I'm now on the green tea. That's lightweight. That is a lightweight. I've got early start tomorrow, 4 a.m. start. <laughs> Your missus will be having a go at you again. Yeah, she will. What are you on, John Ayres? Well, as I said, I'm just here sampling some of the finest Costa Rican coffee you can get. Uh, my own homemade home, uh, cold brew, so it is uh, a nice way to cool off for some of this heat down here in Costa Rica. It's like listening to an advert every time I hear your voice. Now I just want to have Costa Rican coffee. I don't even know what that is. Is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> you make me want it so much. If I could, uh, if I could say anything about the coffee, it is a wonderful, slow roasted coffee bean to perfection. I mean, we're talking a wonderful. <laughs> A nutty flavor with a little bit of caramel aftertaste. It is just delightful. That's not a coffee description. That's a John Ayres coffee description. They're getting a little bit Marks and Spencers there. Um, <laughs> I think he, he's after a job in advertising. <laughs> Dan, you've got a tough ass to follow, mate, following that. <laughs> I, I've just got my Diet Coke. That, that's it. That's me. Diet Coke and some water on the side. So the only person on hard liquor is me, and I don't care because I've had a tough day. It's roasted. And I need a bit of cider, so I don't care. I'm ready to go. Um, it's you heard right at the beginning, guys. This is our first ever special draft edition. We're going to do um, sporadic draft analysis, and we're not looking back. We're looking forward to 2021. Um, you might be surprised we're so far off, but what we're going to look at is uh, the kind of positions the Chargers might focus on and particular top three players we recommend you watch um, if there is, disclaimer, if there is a college season this year that we think you should uh, we sh- you should check out and keep an eye on. 
John, what do you th- say? So I'll start off with a uh, bit of a caveat. Let's just assume we are going to get college football. That might not happen. COVID might put an end to that, but let's just assume we're going to get college football. So the two notable players to watch just for the average fan or the diehard fan will be Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, quarterback and running back respectively. I don't see the Chargers um, drafting um, high up the rankings for a running back. Uh, we're certainly not going to get Trevor Lawrence, but for the you know for the neutral fan or anybody just with an interest in college football, they're the two notable mentions that I'll be looking out for this year just to see how they perform. Going on to Chargers specifics, so my, my picks are based on what what could potentially happen in the unrestricted free agency of 2021, and there's two alarm bells straight away. Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa. Our pass rush could ultimately uh, walk away and go to a different franchise in 2021, which would be an, which would be a disaster. Tom Telesco needs to pay Joey Bosa. End of story. He's going to demand a lot of money, but he's going to, he's going to hit our salary cap. But we've got to pay him. It's as simple as that. Melvin, I think Melvin resigns if he has a good season. He's a great leader. Um, he's proven 350 career tackles. His next sack will be his 50th career sack. But what do we do if those two players walk? A, we can't agree a contract. The big question for me is, can we get an instant playmaker? Joey Bosa, in his first season, got 10 sacks. Can we take someone off the board to give us those 10 sacks in the first season? We've got a really good uh, defensive group. Gus Bradley's put together. Arguably top five in the NFL. We need to main that. Uh, sorry, we need to maintain that momentum. So where do we go on the draft board? So there's a, there's a number of pass rushes in the ACC. Gregory Rousseau, Patrick Jones, Quincy Lake. Who do we get? I am going to start off the bat with probably a late second round pick. Do we check? Do we trade up for him in the first round? We did it with Kenneth Murray. Tom Telesco has proven that he's he's got an aggressive uh, uh, draft day strategy, uh, and I'm going with uh, Carlos Basham, edge from Wake. So, Carlos, great speed for a start. Um, great speed for his size. He's absolutely relentless. He doesn't need an invitation to get after the quarterback. He'll he'll hand off. Um, the blockers in order to get to his man and make that play in his red shirt year 57 tackles for 11 sacks and his effective spin move is his sort of trademark similar to what we see uh in the Chargers locker room he's got progression as well in 2018 he went from 52 pressures to 60 in in 2019 so his ADP at the is around the 36 mark but as I've already alluded to Chargers are not afraid to move up the up the board if they see fit. Let's assume that the Chargers have a relatively good season and we don't get a high draft pick. We're going to have to go down and, and look for those sort of four and, and, and three-star recruits. My next one is a, a guy from Duke, Chris Rumpf. 24 games, nine and a half sacks. Super quick um, and he, he reads the offence really well. Um, He's difficult to block. His hands, his hand positioning is really good. Um, he, he brushes people aside, gets through the gaps, and gets the quarterback. 
Believe it or not, Chris Rumpf finished with the highest pass rush win rate in, in college. That was higher than Chase Young's in 2019. He's got size issues, though. He's quite small at 225 pounds. But that's what the strength and conditioning coach is there for. They can work on that. Um, I think either of those two players would be a good asset to the Chargers uh, locker room in 2021. My third player is on the other side of the football, and it's Alex Leatherwood. Now, offensive tackles, we may have a solution this year. We don't know. We'll have to see how the, the season plays out. But Alex Leatherwood's ADP is around the 22 mark. So he's a five-star um, prospect. And he's tipped to be one of the standout offensive tackles in the SEC. Um, aggressive first step. And he's really versatile. He played guard for Wake. He's now moving it back out to left tackle for the 2020 season. So versatility, again, it's a, it's a theme that runs through the Chargers uh, roster. So I'm excited to see how he plays. I like I like the way he sets his feet. He... As he's as he's moving around the the field, waiting for you know, to to block that pass rush, he sets his feet with a good stance. He doesn't get knocked off balance quite easy. Um, and let's 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 be honest. He's at Alabama. He's being coached well by Nick Saban and his coaches. He looked after Tua, so he's got all the credentials and he plays for a a high profile team under pressure. So they're my three picks. Just before I move on to uh, John. A notable mention that it's worth keeping an eye out. Tyreek Smith, Ohio State. Eight games, three sacks. We all know how they generate pass rushes. So it'll be interesting to see what he does going down the line. He could be, a, 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 um, you know, sort of a sixth, seventh round pick for somebody. Pick him up, develop him, and uh, make him into a, a shining NFL star. It's a great list you got there, John. Um, I'm going to say this. Uh, as we are looking, looking at potential prospects to highlight and people to look at, Leatherwood is definitely high on my list for offensive tackles. So, um, you know, kind of upset I let you get him ahead of me. But um, I actually have my own uh, offensive tackle to look at um, if they decide to pass on Leatherwood. Uh, and, again, we're going to st- – we're going to stay with a high-profile team uh, in Clemson, uh, and that's going to be Jackson uh, Jackson Carmen. Uh, he is a left tackle who I think is just a beast. Um, you know, I, I've seen descriptions of him that use the term people mover, um, and that's because that's what he does. This dude is a just a mauler in the trenches, and he is he's got plenty of left tackle experience, which I think again we're all focused on what that left tackle position might look like. Uh, you, we, you know, we all are hoping that, you know, our previous third round draft pick can really step up and take that step forward and take lock of that position. But if he fails and we still have a big gaping hole on that left side, I think that a guy like Jackson Carmen can come in and just, you know, supplant himself as the new left tackle of the future. I mean, this dude's a big guy. Uh, he's 6'5", 345 pounds. Uh, junior, he, you know, I'm not sure what he's going to end up tipping the scales at by the end of a senior season, but I, I think he could actually put on a little bit more bulk if that, if that actually makes sense. I mean, that might be too much, but I mean, he is just the kind of offensive lineman that the Chargers have typically liked in the past. Uh, in that he plays mean. I mean, he's the kind of guy that you, you're working against him on the edge. At the end of the game, you're gonna you're gonna feel it. You're gonna know that you maybe you've got around him um, because of a, a quick move or, or a double move but he's going to make you pay 
uh, if you do. So I really like that about him. I like that he can be a guy who can just kind of anchor himself there for the uh, and protect against the pass rush. You know, a guy who I think can really sit, uh, set up some really good blocks and really protect that blind side for Justin Herbert if that's what we need moving forward. Um, you know, and it's not just in the pass game that I like him. I mean, in, in the run game, he can he can just tear through defenders and just open up big gaps and big holes. So I am really, really hopeful that, you know, we don't really need to draft an offensive tackle in 2021, but it, it is just something that we can't ignore until we, until we figure out what we have now. And if that's our long-term solution, I really think we, you know, we're going to continually look at that offensive tackle left tackle position as a need for the charges. So I think, you know, if we need a guy who can play, you know, who, who can be there long-term, I think if we're going to use a, a late first, early second, depending on, you know, where, where we end up drafting, I, I think uh, Carmen could be there for us. You know, again, it really depends on how we finish um, and, you know, how the tackle group ends up finishing at the end of the season. So if you're watching, it's going to be easy for you to watch um, Carmen because Clemson tends to play in a lot of premier uh, primetime games. So uh, I definitely would recommend you check him out uh, and just, just watch to see how he protects uh, that Trevor Lawrence kid. Secondly, um, I'm going to go a little different. I think, you know, I know uh, John talked about potentially needing to replace uh, an edge rusher. Uh, but, you know, I, I do think that Bosa and Ingram resign. I think they're two very vital uh, players to the team. I think Bosa gets that mega contract. I don't think there's any reason not to give it to him. Uh, you know, and the fact that he's not holding out, I think, to me, makes me think that that deal is closer than than we know. I think that there's just kind of a few things they're trying to iron out. But you know, we saw him hold out a little bit in his rookie season because he he was getting kind of lowballed on his rookie contract. So my thought is the team knows not to play games with him, and he's not going to play games. He's going to get his money, and I think we're going to pay him that money. So I'm not worried about Bosa. And Ingram is just such an important locker room guy, such a such a producer. And maybe what he does doesn't show up on the stat sheet every week, but but the impact he has on plays, uh, taking on uh, double teams and and, uh, you know, really kind of making his presence felt. I, I think that that's just something that you can't really replace. And I think he understands his place with the Chargers. I think he understands his value in the market. And I think he understands that, you know, he's already made his money with the Chargers that I think he might be able to take maybe not you know, a super team friendly deal. I don't think he's going to go under market, but I think he'll take a deal that makes sense for him and the team to keep him a charger and just kind of make him one of those long-term guys at the position for us. And then for depth, you know, that Joe Gaziano kid, you know, is a three-star recruit coming out of Northwestern set all types of, of, uh, of rushing records with the school and in the conference. Uh, you know, I think that kid's got potential. I mean, he's got a great, he, I think he could be a great rotational piece along with Nwosu coming in, uh, rotating as well. I think the two of them add good depth behind Ingram and Bosa. So I just don't think that's a position we need to address next year. I could be wrong. You know, things could play out completely different, but I'm going to focus on a different position who, we have two guys who have new contracts that are going to need to be uh, <clears throat> addressed. And I think that potentially one of them may end up walking because we just don't have the money to spend on them because we have so many other needs. Um, and that's going to be wide receiver. And I know that's a shock. I know people don't want to hear that there is a reality where, you know, either Mike Williams walks in free agency or Keenan Allen walks in free agency, but it is a reality that we have to prepare for. So 
if one of them goes, yeah, we added um, two receivers, but those are late round guys. If we're going to replace someone's production on the level of Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, we're going to have to use a high pick. And I think, you know, uh, a guy that could really fit that role is someone that we've seen uh, in an offense uh, that has performed at a high level. And that's four-star recruit Jalen Waddle out of Alabama. And I think if you, if you can take anything from Waddle, it's that that dude plays with intensity. I mean, he is always working at a hundred percent and you can tell he gets open. He can, he creates separation at the line. He's never out of a play. Even if he looks like he's covered, he's the kind of guy who is going to fight for every inch to go ahead and get that ball. You know, he, he's got kind of a little bit of crossover with Mike Williams in that he could be a 50, 50 guy, but to be honest, he's not that tall giant receiver. He's a smaller guy. He's more like the Henry Ruggs who just left more of that deep threat, more of that kind of guy who just gets open and extends plays and has great yards after the catch ability. So I think he would fit in perfectly with this team. I think he would have a, a position right away with us, and I think he could really help us, you know, move on from some of the, from some of these other receivers that we've been relying on for so long. Um, you know, it's another thing I really like about a wide receiver coming out of college is I want to see guys with technique. I mean, you know, there's a lot of these really raw guys who you know who have that potential but just never really pan out because that technique really never, um, you know, they never take a step up technique wise in the NFL. So these corners are just too good um, to let guys without good technique succeed so he comes in with I think a baseline technique that goes along with his uh, production to make him a guy that I think they should definitely be targeting uh, if they're looking to get a wide receiver early to replace one of our premier guys who may not come back uh, and finally, I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball now. Um, you know, I, I looked at linebacker. I just I, I just think we have such a great group of linebackers now. It just doesn't make any sense to add to that. Uh, as I already mentioned, I don't think edge rush is going to necessarily be a problem for us. Safety, again, I, I think we've got plenty of options at safety. I just don't think there's going to be a need there. But I think cornerback is still going to be a need. I think that, uh, you know, between – what we could potentially get from Chris Harris Jr., again, I believe it's, he's going to have a big year this year, but he has shown signs of age creeping in, so he may not be there. He, we may need to consider a long-term solution. Um, and then our two outside cornerbacks. I mean, I, I know that people you know, want to think that we've got a great core of defensive backs, and we do, but I think that there's still a need at outside, uh, outside corners. So a guy that I would be targeting um, who's got a lot of potential is Tyson Campbell out of Georgia. Tyson Campbell is just an amazing athlete in my opinion i think he's got the kind of speed and quickness that you know if you try to if he gets beat off the line he can recover and he's not like some of these other guys where if you watch their tape they get really handsy right like a lot of these guys if they get beat off the line um you know they start tracking a guy down the field they, they they like to touch and pull and tug and maybe in college where they give him a little bit more leeway uh on pass interference that's going to fly but not in the nfl what i like about um Campbell is that when he goes back, he's got the speed to recover and not have to use his hands to get there. He, he can get he re recover. He can track the ball well, and he can make the play. Um, you know, he's also, 
you know, got great hips in my opinion. So something that you look for in a corner is looseness in the hips. What does that mean? That means somebody who can kind of adjust uh, with the wide receiver because the wide receiver is going to try to pull lots of stunts, double moves, anything he can to create separation. So you want to have those loose hips to be able to turn and run with him if he decides to take an out route or if he makes a quick cut, kind of be able to kind of shift and pivot and follow him along. So he's definitely got the speed, agility, and loose hips to make me think he can cover just about anybody on the outside in the NFL. Um, you know, I think it, a lot's going to also depend on what the new defense looks like. You know, is it going to be cover three heavy um, like it's always been? Is it going to be more cover two? Do they need to do more man or more press? Is it going to require just more zone? And I think that something that Campbell will bring is the ability to play both. I think he's got a good ability in, in press man coverage if needed. And I think he can play a good zone. He's got good recovery with that quickness and agility and speed that I already mentioned. Um, he is a guy who's also really tall. I mean, six, two, I think for a cornerback is a really good height. I think that's the kind of guy that makes it hard for you. Kind of lengthy, kind of makes it hard for some of these bigger, taller receivers to kind of, you know, jump over and get over for those 50, 50 balls. Like you see with some of these more like five ten to, uh, to six, one smaller cornerbacks. So to me, if we're, if we're looking to upgrade, uh, on that outside corner, you definitely have to keep Tyson Campbell, uh, in mind. And again, you'll notice a trend with all my guys. I pick three guys who, who do play for colleges uh, that tend to get primetime games in Georgia, Clemson, Alabama, all three schools that could potentially be in, in the college football playoffs. So should be guys that you should be able to see week in and week out play if you're interested in following along with, uh, with these guys. So those are my three. Dan, what do you got? So I've kind of taken this uh, slightly different approach in that I don't know a huge amount about college ball. So I've looked at players primarily in the first round of things. Um, I've kind of taken the way we could go in three different approaches. God forbid we absolutely stink it up this season and end up with one of the higher picks. We're going to have to address the O-line if, um, if that continues to be a problem. And I don't think you can talk O-line without talking Penae Saul of, out of Oregon. Um pluses on him he's he's a six foot six guy he's a big guy he's won all kinds of awards in the last season uh, he was actually co-polynesian football player of the year um along with tour um and he won the outland outland trophy the award award for any um interior lineman uh that's previously been won by people like aaron donald and quinn and williams um he was scouted by quite a few places. Bama, I mean, all guys I'm talking about in this list could have ended up being at Bama. Um, but Penesel played at Oregon, where he protected Herbert for a year. Uh, what, two years, um, actually. Um, but most successfully in his most recent season. And uh, most importantly, he only allowed one sack in his two years playing at left tackle. Which, um, I, I don't know, I think if we, if we end up with one of the higher picks, Penesel has to be someone we consider... Um, and if we want to keep some continuity with our new quarterback, I don't think that you can pass up that chance to reunite him with his college left tackle. Um, hey, we've done it before with um, Gordon and Watt with um, running back and fullback. Why not Herbert and Sewell? Uh, the second player that I've looked at is, um, say we have a more successful season um, and we lose Hunter Henry um, having played out his franchise tag season. Um, if Hunter Henry walks and we don't manage to re-sign him, we're going to need someone in to fill that pass-catching uh, pass tight end position. Um, I mean, we've got Virgil Green on the roster, but he's not exactly a catching master. 
Um, so I started looking into um, Kyle Pitts out of Florida, also six foot six, quite a big guy, and he actually was uh, third in the FBS in receptions for tight ends last year. He averaged three and a half receptions a game, at about 40 yards, um, so 12 yards a reception, um, which is quite nice. Um, I've I've watched a fair few Florida games more than any other team just through family ties, and I think Kyle Pitts has got a chance to be one of the top tight ends taken next year. Um, he was first first team All SEC last season, and a Walter Camp Player of the Year semifinalist. So I think he's he's definitely got more about him than just oh throw him the ball he'll catch it. But he did lead the Gators last year in receptions and yards, I believe. Um, thirdly is say we we have a relatively decent season and we keep Hunter Henry a position that we've kind of been weak at for a few seasons is obviously linebacker we've got our D line we've got our secondary we don't really have much in that middle um yes we've drafted Kenneth Murray this year in the first round but one guy does not a linebacker core make um and yeah we've got Drew Tranquil but he's still kind of green we don't know what he's going to be but I was then looking at uh, Dylan Moses out of Alabama. Um, now, Moses missed all of the last season. He tore his ACL the day before the season started. But prior to that, he'd been dominant um, for Alabama in that defense. He was um, he played as a freshman and as a sophomore and carried over his, his five-star number one recruit status from high school, carried that through into college. And... Providing he can get back to his pre-ACL tear form, I think there's there's a good chance he'll be one of the top linebackers, if not the top linebacker in that draft. And there's there's generally people look more at the edge guys. So I could see him being mid first round, mid to late first round, and there's a chance we could trade up and get him, or he'll fall to us. And I think if he recaptures that form, as I've said. Um, He's a guy that's known for his like high quality athleticism and peak reaction times. So that's the kind of player we could do with in that middle, just sideline to sideline. Um, just another another piece for Gus Bradley to play with. Uh, anyway, they're the they're the three guys I have spent my two weeks looking at. Is there something I could say about the tight end position? Um, it's that I definitely had that as a high priority to consider. Um, and one of the reasons I think the Chargers extended Hunter Henry, obviously they want to see if he can stay healthy and live up to his contract. And two, I, I don't think the tight ends in the 2020 draft were really that good. I mean, yeah, Cole Komet, who's okay, I guess. I mean, he's really not, none of those like impact tight ends that that people draft like a TJ Hawkinson or Noah Fant who go really high in the draft and people think, Oh, this, this could be, you know, a, an elite tight end in the future. I didn't really see any of those guys in the 2020 draft. So I think that I think looking at tight end for 2021 is a really good idea for the chargers. If Hunter Henry's not going to come back, I mean, he's got to play more than 12 games in a season, right? Like if he can't manage to play more than 12 games, there's, you just can't justify the kind of contract that I'm sure he's going to try to ask for. And, you know, Donald Parnum's great, you know, giant, tight end from the XFL. People love to talk, My right? A lot, a lot of fan favorites there for him, but I just, I, I mean, he's, he's not the kind of tight end that the chargers are used to having out there. I mean, you, you know, everyone just, when you think tight end, you think chargers, you think Antonio Gates and, you know, obviously those are big shoes to fill, but you know, uh, we don't have anyone even close to Antonio Gates ability in the receiving, um, you know, and route running 
game right now. Hunter Henry's, I guess, close. Um, but again, he 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 can't stay healthy. So if they decide to move on from Henry, I really like I really like uh, you know looking at tight ends for the draft. So um, you know, well done, Dan. And don't count out Jared Rice, uh, undrafted free agent currently on our team. Well, it leads me perfectly into my first player out of my three because I went tight end as well. Um, Virgil Green and Hunter Henry are both out of contract at the end of the season. And I don't see either making a big impact. I, <laughs> as I said before, I'm a big Donald Parnham Jr. fan. I think he's a big um, a big prospect they could potentially work into the team, give him some, um, some uh, targets in the red zone. But I think Tom Telesco which I put my big big Tom Telesco hat on. I think he isn't going to go and chase a tight end in the first few rounds. I agree with John, Cole Komet and the rest of the tight ends this year were terrible. Um, I think if there would have been better mid-round talents, Tom Telesco might have gone after a tight end this year to sort of train up and bring into the uh, to the 53. But I think in the year to come, um, he's going to look for a mid-round development talent to bring in. And I know he likes small schools. He isn't afraid of that. So you look at uh, Pipkins in the third round out of Shoe Falls. <clears throat> Bit of a Tom Telesco third round pick. I've gone Quintin Morris, tight end out of Bowling Green. Now, bear with me. Go and find his tape. It's not easy to find, but it is there. Screw it away on the internet. And he is just a Hunter Henry clone. He's smooth off the line. He can block. He has speed. He has soft hands. He extends his hands out and catches the ball in in congestion away from his body and comes with it in the red zone. He has had uh, seven, seven touchdowns in 2018, four touchdowns in 2019. Started off as a wide receiver, a big bodied wide receiver for Bowling Green and they said, you know what, you can block a bit. Um, They went and made him their tight end and he leads the entire team in yards this year and did last year. Um, go and give him a look because I think you'll fall in love with him. I know that Tom Telesco loves developmental projects out of smaller schools. I think Quinton Morris is going to have to excel when he gets to uh, compete against better talent because he's not up against the uh, all-star college lineups that uh, Alabama, etc. might be. <clears throat> but the level of competition... Aside, I think he's a talent there in the third round and he can come in and, and be a weapon for us and for, for Justin Herbert when he takes over the reins. Now, I moved on to my second position, which was a second round pick. I think he could fall just because of the school he's in and because of how he had a bit of a slump in 2019. But you know my thoughts, guys. I said it in the round table. I maintain and stand by it. I don't think Bosa will be here next year. John, I know you fiercely disagree with me on this one. I think they're going to get into a tangle with him over terms. They'll franchise him. He won't sign it. And he's going to either sit and hold out, not signing his franchise tag, or more likely get traded away um, for picks. That's That's my take. I stand by it. And I think we have to replace him. Now, there's loads of free agent options that... Um, blog post on chargedupbolts.com is going to explore um, but in terms of the draft for this podcast I looked at um, the Hurricanes player Jonathan Garvin he's a bit of a hybrid DE uh, defensive end could be a linebacker he needs to figure out his weight I think he plays better heavy and strong but again if you watch him 
you will see a bit of Joey Bosa in him. He's raw, he needs development, he needs to pile on the pounds and play at his heavier weight. He can he can slim down and play more flexible edge if he wants, but I think where he excels is in that Joey Bosa, dominate his side of the line, break it down to stop the run, um, get pressures over sacks. I mean, he had five to five and a, five sacks last year, five and a half sacks the year before, so he's a consistent producer. But he had 26 tackles for loss in 2018, 60 tackles. He, he Here's the bit I like. He caused five forced fumbles. Just think who that reminds you of. It reminds you of Bosa. He might not always get there on the sack, but he causes pressure. He gets people behind the line. He stops the run, and he forces the ball out for turnovers. Jonathan Garvin is a Joey Bosa clone that needs a little bit of coaching. And I don't think the team will be scared to replace Bosa with Unwosu, maybe a free agent, and bring Garvin in in the second round. So he's the guy. Go and look at him. I think you'll love him. He's in a he's in a really good Miami Hurricanes team, so it, they'll be good to watch. Um, go, go spend some time doing so. I recommend it. And that leads me on to my number one guy that I recommend, and I think it's criminal if you don't. Place for Alabama, so you're going to get a chance to see the guy. He is the son of a th- former three-time Pro Bowl corner um, who he shares the same name with. He's got perfect height, perfect weight. You go and look at those highlights. My God, he takes the ball away. He intercepts it. He breaks up passes. That is Patrick Certain II. Um, I think he's got such a good pedigree, an NFL bloodline running through him. Now, the reason I've turned to corner is that I think Casey Hayward is going to regress. He's a cornerback, over 30. His best years are behind him. I think I saw towards the end of last year a slowdown in his production. I don't think he's going to be the best corner on our roster. Injury concerns, I think, will start to creep into his game. And I, I, you know, hot take, although I'm sorry to be negative, is that I think Casey sees a uh, Casey Hayward sees um, a, a regression in his play. I've mentioned before that that will give other guys um, that will give other guys a big chance to step forward, and and I don't think Michael Davis is gonna is gonna produce and step up. To be perfectly honest with you, I think we have the flexibility to move pieces around. But don't forget, Desmond King is a free agent next year. We need to plan ahead. Michael Davis himself is. I mentioned Nazir Adderley to come in as corner and, and, and produce, but you know that's a hot take, and it, I, I understand it might not happen. So I think we'll look at corner for the first round, a mid to late first round pick if we think the Chargers are going to be the team we hope they're going to be. And Patrick Certain comes in immediately, fills it, not only fills a gap, improves the secondary at the secret weakness that this team has. Um, that's my top three. Go and check him out. Alabama, plenty of prime time games, so I. Uh, I really recommend watching them. Guys, out of uh, out of the Chargers team, um I know we've all we've all gone top 3, we've looked at positions. Your Tom Telesco, the Chargers have sucked and they've got the first pick in next year's draft. Or they've been really good and they've traded Bosa and they've got the first round pick because of it. What position are you going for with round with pick number 1? John if Bose has gone pass rush all day long, what do you reckon, John? Is I agree totally. If if Bose has gone, it's got to be pass rush. Um, there's just it's one of the most important positions on the field. So if if we're not going to retain Bosa, we got to get another elite player to come back. Uh, if Bosa stays and um, we do have the first pick, uh, because we're awful, uh, it's so tempting to go quarterback there, right? Because I mean. You, 
it just Trevor Lawrence is to me a difference maker. And as much as I like Justin Herbert, I mean, he's no Trevor Lawrence. Um, but if not, then, you know, I'm guessing we probably did not play well in some other positions. So if, if I had to put my finger on a position, um, that just position group, I should say that really underperformed and, you know, it would be offensive line. So I would say we probably have to go with an offensive lineman there. So those would be my two choices. Yeah, I think that's when if if Bosa goes um, or if we end up with the first pick because Bosa goes, you got to assume we'll keep Ingram. Um, let's just say one of the other guys steps up and turns out we've got a diamond in the rough already on the roster. Then I'd go back to that Pene Sewell. Like, go get that O-tackle. Go get that dominant left tackle we can just plug in. I love how you're bringing back Justin Herbert. You're saying we failed. We probably played Tyrod. Um, and then you're saying, look, year two, we suck, but here's your here's your left tackle, Justin. Go and be our quarterback with some familiarity over there. So I, I love that, Dan. I, I really do. But I can't, you know, sorry, guys, I do think Bosa's going. So, you know, was, I don't disagree with you that looking at a pass rush would be there. And John Ayers, you make a great point that Lawrence is a cracking quarterback. So you'd be tempted, but I, I, I think we'd probably trade down um, and still get the player we wanted if that was the scenario. Um, guys, I, um, I'm going to just give a quick shout out to um, another podcast that we're hoping to um, to do a, a collaboration with. Um, go and follow at ATL Falcons UK on Twitter. Um, they've got a new Falcons podcast. We're hoping because I think we play them uh, first game of the season, don't we, guys? No, it's the uh, Bengals we play in Cincinnati. Oh, of course it is. Burrow. Burrow Herbert that's not going to happen yeah true um, so we play in, play the Falcons next year we hope to get the guys on the show and do um, a collaboration and talk about what we expect and uh, tell them why we're such a better team than, than they are um, so go follow them give them a listen we have now got a new Facebook page you can find us um, at Charged Up Bolts on Facebook um, love to love to have you follow us on there and we'll be um, sharing our podcast and our articles um through there so give us a give us a like on on facebook if you happen to be on there um we'll soon be getting some articles from our new writer lee wakefield welcome to the team lee great to have you on board can't wait to see the content you're gonna um, be writing for us um hope to get you on as a guest on the podcast really soon um guys where are you all on twitter you can find me at endzone85 as always you can find me at Adroit Airs, A-D-R-O-I-T-A-Y-E-R-S, hashtag Audible Chocolate. And you can find me at UKLA Chargers. The podcast is at Charged Up Pod, and our main Twitter is at Charged Up Bolt. Our new writer is at Wakefield90. Go and give him a follow and send him your love. And I'm at Bez the Spaniard. A lot of socials for you there, but that's what it's all about. Building your network and getting in touch with people. We've broken down the draft for 2021. We're going to come back and look at that in future. Maybe revise it a little bit if we get a college season and talk about what's going on throughout the year. Um, hopefully we've given you a bit of a taste of who to look at and what the charges could, look, could uh, be interested in. If you disagree, agree, or have a question for a future podcast, then please send it to editor at chargedupbolts.com or get in touch on Twitter or Facebook or even through the website because we want your questions, your audio clips. We've got plenty of questions lined up, so thank you for those that submitted it. That will be next week's episode. Um, And from all of us at Charged Up Bolts, thanks for listening.